Our scripture today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 19, uh, starting at verse 13. This uh, probably shouldn't surprise you that this is what we're starting with on this day. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I uh, was in... Columbia, Missouri, uh, for a conference uh, I had to be at, um, a, really a business meeting, for three days for Missouri Methodist churches. And, and when that was over, on Thursday, I got to go spend time with my uh, granddaughter, Emma, and her two, grand, her two uh, siblings, their uh, um, foster siblings that we have, and um, just enjoyed some time with them and, and uh, with my daughter-in-law and my son and uh, um, there in Columbia, where they live. And then on Friday, I drove up to Macon, Missouri where that's 60 miles north of there, where my daughter and son-in-law live and spent time with them and my two grandsons, Waylon and Wesley. And um, we, we just had a, a good time, uh, just, you know, just playing around, having fun. I noticed something that, that is always there, and, and you've noticed this too, that the little children, um, when they have a question, it's like, mom, mom, mom. And, and my daughter would say, wait a minute, Waylon. Mom, uh, wait a minute, Waylon. In, in the midst of our talking, he was just, he was just right there with the, And a minute to him was 3.2 seconds, right, to us. It was, Mom, you and I, we can be a little more patient if somebody says, hey, just, just one minute, you can wait. Some of us are better at it than others, but, but you can wait a minute. But no, no, as a Waylon, man, he was just like, mom, mom, mom. He, he didn't have any patience at it at all. And, uh, but it's kind of fun to, to just relate to them that way. And, and what I found, um, I was reading an article a while back, and, and it said that, that children literally do experience time differently from adults. And it's a very simple reason, and you could figure this out if you thought it through, but, but research was done to prove it out, and that is this. A minute to them is a larger percentage of their life than it is to us. I mean, I'm, I'm closing in on 61 years here, and a minute, is just, that's nothing. For them, it's like, huh. I mean, you know, you know the case where if you're driving somewhere and it's three hours away, for you it just, poop, it's gone. And for them it's, are we there yet? We know this about kids, that, the, that, that sense of impatience. And so the idea that the time for them is, is, is much different than it is for us because we've experienced more of it, we experience time in a different ratio than they do. But in general, we can, we can reduce time to, to really three parts, right? The, the past, the present, and the future. It's more simple to think of it in that terms than in, in a, a scientific study on how children experience time. We can think of past, present, and future, and it's actually very biblical to do so. When, um, when I do the whole communion liturgy for our traditional service, there is a, a part in that liturgy where we talk about the mystery of faith. Now, I'm not going to get in the mystery part just right now, but, but when we talk about the mystery of faith, we talk about it in a time sense. Christ has died, 
Christ is risen, Christ will come again. That's the language of, of the mystery of faith. It is rooted in the past, a reality in the present, and a promise of a future. When I do funerals, the opening line of our, our Methodist uh, um, uh, liturgy for funerals begins um, with, uh, I, gotta, I gotta, don't have it memorized, um, with, in dying, Christ destroyed our death. In rising, Christ restores our life. Christ will come again. When we think about the act of Christ in the world, when we think about what God is doing and has done in the world, we think in a time sense. Because we humans are bound by time, we can't help that. And so we recognize that God has always been involved in time. In Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. And in the book of Revelation, when Jesus speaks, he, in, in Revelation 1.8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. In the Greek alphabet, Alpha is the first letter, Omega is the last letter. So I am the Alpha and Omega means I have been around from the very start and I will be around through the end. The Alpha and the Omega. It's that eternal sense of it. But an eternity that has a beginning way back when for all of us and for human history, it has a beginning. For God, it has no beginning and has no end, but it does carry through human history, this past, present, and future. Now, when we think about the past, our own past, um, the past is gone. We, we, we can't go back, right? We, sometimes you'd like to go back and change a few things, and isn't that the dream of a time machine? But you can't go back. You can dwell upon it, you can long for its return, oh, for the good old days, when you were neither good nor old. Oh, for the good old days. It won't come back. And, and you can long for a different past. How many of us live in that? That, that sense that I wish, I woulda, coulda, shoulda. I long for a different past, but you can't change it. All you can do is, is, is live into the future in the way that it's taught you. You can learn from it. Allow the past to become a comment and a correction on your life. Learn from your mistakes and, and hopefully learn from successes as well. The present really is all you're promised. Tomorrow is not promised. Only hoped for. But the present is where we're called to live. To make sure we don't squander any moment of our lives. And just as I said, the future is never promised. We can and should prepare for it, but not worry about it. Jesus says not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own problems. Worry about today. History, then, history should be seen as God's history, God's story. As we look back over it. it biblically, when we, when we read the story of the Bible, we often will call that salvation history. Because throughout the Bible is the story of God saving God's people. From the very beginning, God is always in the process of saving and redeeming his people. Including 
the Old Testament and then up to the time, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All the way up through history, the 2,000 years since Christ to today, God is about our salvation. It's the story of what God has done, but also what God is doing still. And what God will yet do in our lives, in our future, in our eternal life, what God will yet do. And we always want to take time to make sure we celebrate what God has done and what God is doing, but also we can celebrate what God is yet to do. Our sermon series that we've been doing for the transformation of the world is based on a part of our mission statement as a church. The mission of Living Word Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We're called by Christ to make disciples who transform the world. And, and we, we say at Living Word that we, we work for, from four pillars of our faith. Worship, learn, serve, and celebrate. Last three weeks we've done worship, learn, and serve. And today we're talking about celebrate. To celebrate what God is doing in and through our lives, in and through our church. Every, every uh, um, Monday, 1.30 uh, on Mondays, we have a staff meeting. And um, I gather the staff in, in the one conference room, and, and uh, we have a chance. We, we start this way. We go around the table and just share joys and concerns. What can I pray for for you? What are we praying for? Um, and this isn't the, the, what am I praying for for the congregation? This is for each other. Because we, we do pray for one another. We do care about one another. And I want to pray for them and their parents and their children and, and, and their life. And, and I, I want them to pray for me too. And so we spend time going around the table once to what are we praying about. And then we have a, a moment of prayer. And then we go around the table again. And the second time we go around the table, it's to talk about what's going on at the church. What in your particular ministry um, does everybody else need to know? I don't need to know every details of everything that's happening, but, but touch on the points that touch each other. If you're going to have some big event and it's going to take up six rooms on a Sunday, we probably ought to know that. <laughs> we ought to probably share that around the room and make sure we coordinate that. But also, how can I pitch in? How can I help? And, and how can you help me? So, so we share around the table that sort of business. But I also ask them as we share around the table, I say, would you share also what you're celebrating? What about your ministry are you celebrating? And we take time to do that. So I thought it would be interesting um, to um, tell them we're going to video this with no warning. It wasn't such a good idea. Um, I, sh I should have told them, uh, you, you each have 20 seconds. Should have. So this 12-minute video, we've boiled it down to just five, uh, and it was hard for Eric to get it down to, to that length. Um, but what you'll miss in listening to this video, but listen for it, you'll hear laughter in the background um, because uh, there's a lot cut out of this. We should have done an outtake loop. Um, but we just enjoy being with each other. And we laugh with each other. Sometimes we laugh at each other, but we laugh with each other. And so that's part of what's going on in the background. But I, I want you to have a chance to, to, uh, to hear how this works. And again, this was somewhat impromptu. You'll see that, um, for instance, I'll, I'll call out Eric. He knew it was coming, so he's got it written down on his phone as he's videoing himself. You watch. Anyway, let's watch it. 
Okay, so what we're going to do is just go around the table and share what are the things that you're celebrating, any of the things that have happened over the last year, but also what are you celebrating that's coming up, um, either or or both? All right, I'm celebrating the generosity of this church, the, uh, the, uh, the generosity of the, uh, the members and the constituents of this church has just been overwhelming. Uh, they they uh, provide wonderful financial support for the ministries of Living Word, and that's really a nice thing when you're the person who has to pay the bills. <laughs> I am celebrating the fact, to tag on to uh, the generosity of this church, that uh, I am very thankful that in the upcoming year that we can uh, uh, finance and move forward with some of our major capital improvements. I am celebrating all of our talented musicians that we have in worship, from our children's choir to our youth choir to our adult ensembles and our bell choir, and then all the many instrumentalists that join us in worship throughout the year. I'm also celebrating the fact that we have special music coming up for our Advent season, and we have our Glory of Christmas concert on December 17th at 6 p.m. So we have a lot to be celebrating and are so thrilled about that happening. The preschool is celebrating. It's really hard to pick what, I mean, there's so many things, but we have four three-year-old classes that are full this year with wait lists, and um, our parent organization is blossoming. We have two new people that have stepped up to be co-chairs for that, and they're planning a lot of fun things. And um, we continue to have really qualified and dedicated teachers, some new ones, and lots that have stuck around for a long time and continue to stay. Uh, one of the things I'm really celebrating uh, the most is that we really have some stable programming. Our youth group that gets together on Sunday afternoons, the daybreak that happens on Sunday morning, um, our LW Kids uh, group and choirs, they all feel very really stable. People are attending and they know what to expect and um, that's really great. As part of that, we've really developed a real heart of service for a lot of our kids. Um, we've done all these different service projects, uh, working with Epworth and community meals, and we've done visitations, and we've done stuff with LW Kids, and we've done a mission trip with our kids. Um, all of our kids have gotten into this um, idea of what it means to live out your faith in different ways. All right, so with the kids, I'm really excited that um, it seems like the kids now have a community that they are are feeling really a part of. Um, LW Kids Night and LW Kids Sunday School, they're... Um, they're watching each other's backs. They're caring for each other, and that really makes me happy. Our um, kindergartners uh, launched into LW Kids and learned um, about communion and what it's like to be now a part of a new a new group. Um, our third graders and up got their Bibles and are really excited and actually talking about um, things that they're looking at in their Bibles at home. That just happened on Sunday. That was pretty exciting. Um, and our fifth grade finale kids jumping into, into youth and getting excited to take their next step. So um, kind of fun to, to watch those milestones happen for the kids. Um, I'm celebrating uh, having some new volunteers join my band in, over the past few months. Um, it's been just great getting to know some new people and then also having some volunteers that have been around for years. It's nice to have that blend of um, veteran, you know, volunteers that know so much about music that can help the new people join. The main thing that I celebrate is to see this church community in action. The community uh, makes the words on the pages of announcements come to life. 
The congregation always comes through, whether it's donations for backpack attack, Thanksgiving boxes, homeless care kits, and others like that, to volunteering on Sundays and events like backpack attack and the trunk retreat, the community trunk retreat that just happened. And there's no way that we could pull off doing all the things that need to be done to make these outreach events possible um, when you have almost 500 people in the building at one time, uh, there's just a lot of things that need to happen, and this church makes it happen. I am celebrating our front desk volunteers. They are an amazing group of people who go above and beyond behind the scenes when it comes to helping with LW Kids Night and helping with any youth cutouts or um, any bulletin stuffing, proofing, anything that we need them to do. They just work so hard at it and are committed to making the church successful with what they do. And we are so grateful for their contributions. Um, I am celebrating our ability to bring great worship to those outside the building. And that doesn't happen uh, without a, an incredible team behind it. Uh, and over the past year, I've had a significant uptick of all my volunteers. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's involved in my ministry. Well, what you miss is, is the background poking fun at each other, Donna doing a shameless plug in hers, and, and we, we, we just have a good time with each other. And so I'm thankful. I'm, I celebrate our staff. I really do. We have a wonderful staff that you guys provide this church to be able to do the things that we do. But also, I recognize that every staff member represents all those volunteers and all the activities that you engage in. And so I celebrate all of you as well. I, I'm thankful for the, all that you have done, um, whether it is present tense recently or looking back over the years. This church was founded in 1962 and uh, since then in that time uh, this church has done a wonderful job of, of growing and becoming who it is today and that's because of the work. Some of you have been here for some larger part of that um, and some of you have only been here in this building. This church used to exist at uh, um, Clayton and Clarkson and uh, it was over in that area but moved out here in 2008 and um, I just celebrate that you have followed God, followed the Spirit of God into an unknown future, into a future that you didn't fully understand. And it led you here to this point in your life, and this point in this church's life. And I want to celebrate what God is doing in our lives. And that's that present tense of what God is doing. Whether, whether you think in five minutes ahead or behind, or you think five months ahead or behind, depending on, on your age and how compressed time seems to you, God is present. God is with us. But I also want to celebrate the future. And celebrating the future is different. Celebrating the future is giving yourself over to God's better purpose for your life and the lives of those around you as well. It's a recognition of the fact that God has always been faithful, always been faithful down through the years and right up to the present tense, and to live into the promise that God will be faithful for years to come. There's a, there's a theological term we use to describe that. It's a deeply theological term that you hear all the time, but it is a term that we use in theology to describe the, the future promises of God, and that is hope. Hope is the trust that God will fulfill what God has promised. And God has promised to always be with us. 
In Matthew 28, or 20, uh, um, yeah, Matthew 28, uh, I think I said 29 in the last service. It's in 28. There is no 29. In Matthew 28, uh, Jesus says at the very end, he says, remember, I will always be with you. Always be with you. And in John 14, he explains how that happens. In John 14, he says that when I leave, I will, li- I will give you the Spirit. He calls it the advocate, the counselor, but we know it, he means the Spirit of God. I will give you the Spirit who will always be present. God will always be present with us in the present tense and in our future. And God will lead us into a future, a better future than we could imagine if we're bold enough to follow. And so as I've shared the mission of the church, and over the last several weeks I've been sharing this vision of of the future of the church, um, I want to repeat it again, but before I get there, the the reason we came to this vision, um, mission is why we exist, vision is what it looks like when we live that out. Right, And so um, uh, the, the vision is what we're going to do in the next year or four years or ten years down the road. It's, it's a near-term thing. Um, but but I, I've recognized over the last, gosh, it's probably been ten years of my ministry that I've watched as, as children and youth have seemed to be going forward with no hope. And it just seems to have gotten worse and worse and worse. And part of the reason for that um, is, uh, you know, we can, we can blame technology, but at the same time, I'm glad we have technology. You wouldn't join us online if we didn't have technology, so we're glad you're here. But, but when I was a kid, I grew up during the Vietnam War, and I knew there was a war. Today, a child can pick up their phone and see what atrocities are happening live in Gaza Strip. At this moment. And it's scary. And it's, it's scary to wonder what is the future. And, and, and you can look at, at news in, in, in individual bites. And now we know t- today, um, God bless you who are in journalism. Please try to stay independent in journalism. Uh, because right now in journalism, it seems like you've got to pick a side to report from. And when you pick a side... That's your voice. And then a competing voice comes in and attacks you, and that's the way we do news today. And it's not just media, but that's a part of it. And and we find that that our children are are finding uh, hopelessness in, uh, in the future. But we know there's a hope. Because we know that throughout history, God has fulfilled what God promises And God promises never to abandon us, never to be away from us, never to leave us alone. God is always present in your life. And it's a hope, it's a future that we need to give our children, and not just those in this church, but our children outside the church as well. And so that vision of living word, this is the near term, this is the work we're called to do. The vision of living word is to transform the lives of the children and youth of our community emotionally and spiritually through the power of Jesus Christ. There's that word transform, for the transformation of the world. We're called to transform the, the, the children of our community. You know, we, we were all willing to say the children are our future. Well, let's assure that our future is much better than a bunch of kids that eat Tide Pods. We can do better than that. Oh, they'll still do that because they're kids. They do things like that. But let's give them a future with hope. 
Let's give them a future of a world that needs them and that they need. We must give our, our children a, a, a source of hope, and that is Jesus Christ. A hope in what God has promised God will fulfill. We have to pass that on to our children because they need that so badly now. And, and we can't be insular as we think about this. It doesn't just include the children in our church. Our scripture today, Jesus' words say, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. But you know, over the last 50 or 60 years, the church started to think that our job was to open up the doors and hope they come in. And that's not our job. Principally, Jesus never told his followers to congregate together. I can even make a case that scripturally that, that we congregate far too long. And when we do, the spirit of Christ leaves the building longing for us to follow. In that passage in Matthew 28, Jesus tells us, go and make disciples. So we will go into our community into our schools or all the other places that our youth and children congregate and bring a message of hope, a hope they so desperately need. And I want us to celebrate that God has called us to this bold vision to transform the lives of children and youth. And I pray for that now and I pray for that daily, that we will faithfully follow the Spirit into the world Celebrating with the world what God has yet to do. Celebrating that Christ is in our midst even now with a message of hope for the future. Celebrating that the Holy Spirit has already prepared a better future, a preferred future. Better and brighter than the one that our children and youth are so desperate and anxious about. Amen and amen. As we continue.